0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. Calvary Live is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If you have had any interesting questions come up in your Bible reading or things that you're having trouble understanding We'd love to help you with that, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We're also here to pray with you if there are things going on in your life that you need prayer for. We have a whole community of people listening right now, tuning in, who would be able to pray with us over the air and say amen to our prayer requests. So we encourage you to do that. Uh, We want to say welcome to everyone who's listening here in Colorado on Grace FM here in Wyoming and and Colorado uh, up and down the front range. Uh, We want to say also hello to everybody who's listening on the East Coast on Hope FM, which is in Pennsylvania, New Jersey and Maryland. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you tuned in today. And we're also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So those of you listening in Tennessee and and North Carolina and Kentucky, welcome to the program. We're so glad you tuned in today. I want to remind you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee that you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind, but we'd love to hear from you, and then you'll be able to listen to yourself on the radio one week from now. Uh, when you tune in next time, so do that. Give us a call, and then you can tune in. Tell your friends to tune in. And they can hear you on the radio. Also, want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online. Uh, we have a great mobile app here, at Grace FM, so you can tune in uh, on your phone wherever you're at, or over a smart speaker or something like that. You just go to your app store, whether it's for Android or Apple devices, and you can search Grace FM. Download that mobile app and you can listen on the go wherever you're at. You can also listen in your browser. So just go to gracefm.com. There's so many people I know who do that while they're at work or whatever they're doing, they uh, just pull up Grace FM on their computer and they tune in live that way. So you can do that. And we want to say welcome to you however you've tuned in today. The number to call is 303 690 3000. That's 303 690 3000 or text us at 720. 720- 3360897 Just a few words about myself. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado that loves Jesus and loves to teach the word of God and loves to worship. And um I'm filling in today for Pastor Ed Taylor, who usually hosts on Thursdays. And so um I host the show every Monday here on Calvary Live, but I, I fill in every now and then on other days of the week as well. So you can hear me every Monday here on Calvary Live, and I um, also have a show that plays on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m., so Monday through Friday, 2.30 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can tune in, hear the teachings from Whitefields here on Grace FM. Our show is called Life in the Field, so that's every weekday at 2.30 and then Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Hey, and if you are in the Longmont, Colorado area, or any of the surrounding communities, um, whether it's, you know, Berthoud, Frederick Firestone, Decono area, Lafayette, Erie, North Boulder, Lyons, wherever you're at, uh, we would love to have you join us for worship if you're in the area on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Our church meets in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is a historic building in downtown Longmont, right on the corner of Long's Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street. Uh, it's just one block west of Main Street on Long's Peak Avenue. So we're right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park. Again, St. Vrain Memorial Building. We meet there every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, for worship and the Word and fellowship. And we'd love to have you join us. If you would like more information about our church, get directions, listen to some messages that are up online. You can listen to all our teachings and you can find out uh, what's going on in our church then you can do that at WhitefieldsChurch.com. That's WhitefieldsChurch.com. This coming Sunday would be a great time uh, for anybody who's interested in visiting. We are starting a new series. We are starting a series, verse-by-verse study through the letter to the Romans. Kind of uh, go big or go home is how we feel about it, you know, because Romans is like epic. You know, it's been said that Romans is the clearest, most plainest uh, explanation of the gospel in all of the New Testament, and so we're excited to look into that. So many relevant issues that Romans talks about uh, that pertain to our modern day and and our lives today, and so we're excited to delve into this book and get. Get studying in Romans. So we're going to start with Romans chapter 1, verse 1, and get through verse 17. This coming Sunday where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. For in it, a righteousness from God is revealed that is from faith to faith. And so we're going to talk about what that means and how the gospel transforms our lives. So we'd love to have you join us for that. Also, this Sunday we have a meet and greet. So if you want a chance to kind of interface with our pastors and staff and ministry leaders, we're going to be doing that after service. So anyway, good weekend coming up at Whitefields. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us. Let's go to our call-in line. We've got Darcy, who has a call-in line one. Hi, Darcy. Hi. How are you doing?
2: I'm okay. How are you?
0: Great. What's up?
2: Good. So, um, I have adult children, 29 and 30, and they have a new friend in their life who, um, I don't know what you call it, I guess, Eastern philosophy, maybe something. Um, I know they toss words around, just in general, religious or spiritual. I always said, I'm not religious, I have a relationship and there's a difference. But when I said that last night, they said, oh no, we're spiritual. And I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I don't know this New Age talk, and I don't, I don't know. I guess the apologetics to say to him that you need to, ha- you need to be in relationship. Yeah, you know, it's not. So, what do I say to him?
0: I would start off by just trying to have the conversation and get past some of these labels. I mean, that's kind of what we would do, no matter who you're talking to about what they believe, let's try and get past the labels and get to the actuality. Let's get to the facts. What is it that you actually believe? And then we can decide, you know, on what basis you believe that and if the things that you believe are true or not. And so uh, we just did an apologetic series at our church for six weeks, and it was really helpful. And a lot of the stuff we dealt with, we dealt with some of the New Age stuff and kind of this modernist religion, which is very popular in our own day, which I would call inclusivism. Or as yeah. I like to call it, the religion of Ricky Bobby, if you've ever seen Talladega Nights, oh, Ricky right? Ricky Bobby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bobby's like, uh, you know, save me Jesus, save me Allah, save me Jewish yeah. God, save me Tom Cruise, save me Oprah Winfrey. He just calls out to all of them. And so, is um, that
2: the same thing as universalism?
0: Well, there, it depends on what somebody means by universalism. There's a, you know, um, but yes, more or less, yes. Basically... You know, where, as atheism would say, everybody's wrong. Uh, Universal, well, I'll call it inclusivism. Inclusivism says everybody's right. But uh, the fact is that that just doesn't stand up to basic reason or logic. Furthermore, if you you really get into it... the reasoning behind it is, right, people want to not offend people, and they want to right. be not offensive, and they want to be, you know, um, kind, basically, to all, all people, and it feels bad to tell people that they're wrong. And I think that that actually comes from a really good place within a person. It, it comes from a place of empathy and sympathy. But on the other hand, it, it just doesn't stand up to um, facts, and it doesn't stand up to examination. So, for example, right. and, and I would actually add this: not only does it not stand up to facts and examination, it actually goes to the opposite extreme, where inclusivism or or even if you call it universalism, is in its attempts to uh, appease everybody and not offend anybody, it actually becomes the most offensive of all statements so let me let me give you an example of this um, so the big a big uh, analogy that's used in this kind of talk about inclusivism is one that comes from India. And what they'll say is, you know what, all the religions of the world are kind of like if you had like three blind guys and who have never seen an elephant in their life. And you introduce them to an elephant and by having them touch it, right? Elephant's such a big animal that one of them would touch the leg and he would say an elephant, he would come to the conclusion an elephant is big and round and solid like a tree trunk. And another guy would feel the nose and he'd say well, uh, an elephant is long and skinny like a snake. And another guy would feel the ear and say, well, an elephant is thin and dry like a piece of paper. And, um, And so the whole point of this parable, so to say, is to say that Nobody's really right, nobody's really wrong. We all just have a piece of the puzzle, but the puzzle's so big that none of us can really know it. Therefore, nobody's wrong, nobody's right. They're all just looking at it from their own perspective, and they get part of the truth, but not the whole truth. And therefore, to get the whole truth, we need everybody to come together and uh, and join up. So, and at first, that sounds really kind of maybe convincing to some people, and it, it can maybe even sound um, very kind and empathetic and thoughtful. But the more you think about it, the more you realize that that parable is actually very condescending because it's, here's why, it's told from the perspective of a person who claims that they can see the whole picture, right, that they're not blind. It's told from the, the point of view of a person who is not blind and who can see what an elephant looks like, and he's kind of patronizingly and condescendingly kind of patting everybody else on the head and saying, well, that's really cute and nice that you think it's like this or like that, but... I know the whole picture, and, um, you know, I'm just going to... Also, he doesn't help them to see the whole picture. He just kind of pats them on the head and sends them on their way and condescendingly, right. you know, judges them. The other part of this is um, to, to really take other beliefs at what they say. In other words, this, if you want to have a universalism or inclusivism, you actually have to change what other people believe, right? So if I say that, um, you know, Buddhism and Islam and Christianity... None of them are true all the way. They're all just partly true, or let's just say they're all true. Well, in order to say that they're all true, I have to actually change what they believe because they believe things that contradict each other. Right. So, th- so the most honest thing I can say is either Christianity is true or it's not. And if Islam mm-hmm. is true, if Buddhism's true, then Christianity is not true because we believe very different things. And at that point, I'm really dealing with the key issue, which is what is the truth? And I, I, if I begin seeking the truth, if I begin looking at the evidence and where does the evidence actually lead me, that, that's what we want, right? Like none of us yeah. wants to believe in, a, in something that's a lie, something that's made up. Um, and I think that's where I would approach it with your sons is to say, okay, well, let's, let's drop the labels. Tell me what you actually believe. Tell me why you believe it. And then you can begin to determine if those things are true or not so that that would be kind of my approach
2: yeah okay it doesn't help that he has um dumbed himself down i guess i don't know mm. um because i'll i'll be logical with him and he'll just i mean words have meaning you know and he just when i'm talking to him it's like words don't have meaning anymore like we were talking about Opinions last night, and he said, "No, that's that's moral." And I said, "I told you I have an opinion. I like vanilla ice cream. That is not a moral, Dustin. That is an opinion." He goes, "No, it's a moral." I said, "Okay, if it's a moral, where does it come from? Where do morals come from then? Well, we all have them. Oh, so then all morals are right in the eyes of the person? Is that what you're saying?" And I know that he knows that what he's saying is not true. You know what I mean? So, I I, I guess my second question is, how do you combat um, um, approved mental disability? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you know. Yes, I do.
0: Here's here's what I think is is also an issue that you should um, consider: is that Romans chapter one, starting in um, the second part of the chapter, so starting in verse 18, Paul says, you know, that what can be known about God is plain. Like, people in, know in, in it. In the
2: universe, you cannot not know him. Yeah.
0: Right. He's made it known to them. He says his invisible attributes, his divine nature, it's been perceived. And he says, so people are without excuse. And here's the thing, and I think this is really key. Verse 21, he says, Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They became futile in their thinking. And their yeah. foolish hearts were darkened. Uh, and claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for, for other things. So here's. That's here's,
2: good. Okay. All well, right. that gives me a place to start. Thank well, you. Well, here's, here's I, also I, what I, I want to tell right? you:
0: is okay, that that's awesome. I think there's a level right. on which a person can say um, that, they, that they maybe understand things, but they begin to reject what they already know as basic truth because they don't Mm -hmm. like the implications of it. I think that that happens more often. They're trying to
2: justify something in their life that they're doing maybe and and if they take what they know that they know then they can't behave that way. But if they, you know, tweak it just a little bit left or right then they can make it more comfortable for them. Right? Am I kind of... Yes. And I I mean, I
0: don't even think it's necessary. I think you're absolutely right on that point. But I would also just add to it. I think that sometimes it's just the fact of not wanting to not wanting to follow the evidence where it leads when it leads to God, because believing in God has a lot of implications. Maybe it's not always a a morality thing. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. just a control thing. I think that happens a lot, too. Oh,
2: yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, all right, Darcy. Well you
2: got me a lot. I will well, let me my let me pray and, for your uh, sons <laughs> and, start and uh, for it. Thank you very much.
0: All right, I'll let you go. All right, bye bye. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and uh pray for Darcy's sons while while we're here. So Heavenly Father, we pray for Darcy and her sons. We also pray for anyone else listening who has friends, children, um people they're related to in any way, uh who who do not believe or or seem to, it seems like they're not even wanting to engage in basic discussion. Um, So Lord, we we pray for them. We pray that you would break through that cloud and that they would see clearly and that they would be able to have these discussions. So Lord, we pray for um, all of us, Lord, that you would help us to be able to give an answer to everyone who asks about the hope that we have in you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. If you'd like prayer, we'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 or text us 720 0897. Let's go over to our text line. So this person says piggybacking on the call, uh, previous call, how would you define the word or the concept of spirituality from a biblical worldview? This is from Brian in Denver yeah I mean that's a word that has been somewhat hijacked right because uh, the Bible talks a lot about being spiritual as in being walking in the spirit being in step with the spirit of God so what was what does it mean for a Christian to be spiritual well in the Bible that would be contrasted with the idea of being fleshly, so it would mean letting the Holy Spirit have the directing power in your life as opposed to your flesh having the directing power in your life right your physical body the desires of your body or even the desires of your mind that might uh, say well this is what i feel like doing or this is what i think i should do to be spiritual according to the bible is to say no i'm going to choose to follow the holy spirit of god and where uh... he leads me one of my favorite verses on this passage is found in philippians Chapter three, and here's what he says. He talks about what it means to be truly spiritual. Here's what he says, uh, Philippians chapter three, starting in verse two. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers and those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, who worship by the spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Now, just a little bit of context, because that this first part of that verse might have sounded a bit odd to some people. Here's what he's saying. Uh, he's talking of course, about these people called the Judaizers. So the Judaizers would go in, um, and you know that in Christianity, of course, was born out of a Jewish context, and but then it spread out from Judaism, and it spread out into the Hellenistic or Greek world, and then beyond that into other cultures as well. And as it did, there was this question of, does a person need to become a Jew in order to become a Christian? And ultimately, the church... Uh, decided by the leading of the Holy Spirit that no, they didn't need to uh, become Jewish in the sense of circumcision or in the sense of um, dietary requirements, following the Jewish dietary code. But yet there were people who disagreed with that at that time. And, uh, And they came along and they said, no, you cannot be saved. You will not go to heaven if you do not get circumcised, if you're a man. And then the other one was, you know, they said, and also if you don't keep a kosher diet. And so those people were called Judaizers. And basically what they would do is they would go to the new churches like Philippi. The city was actually in the it's on the continent of Europe. It's in what's now modern day Greece. And so they um, they would go to these places where like Paul the Apostle had started churches and he had taught them about grace and, hey, here's what you need to be do to be saved. You need to believe in Jesus. And they would come in there and they would be like, yeah, well, Jesus is a nice start and all, but that's there's a lot more to it than that. You also need to, you know, get circumcised and keep the kosher diet. And so Paul's writing. And so then the Philippians are like, They're like well, which is it? Which What's the deal? So Paul writes in this letter and he includes in there this thing. And here's what he says. He says, these people are coming. They're troubling you. They're changing the message. Uh, but here's the deal. they think that they're more spiritual because they are circumcised because they keep this dietary law in order other words they have these outward things. He goes, no, this is what true spirituality is. And so Brian from Denver here's here's how that comes back to you. and your question, what does it mean to be truly spiritual in the Bible? Here's what Paul the Apostle says, Philippians three verse two. We who worship by the, this is what it means to be spiritual to worship by the spirit of God. So number one, worshipping by the spirit of God. Number two, glorying in Christ Jesus as opposed to glorying in ourselves. And thirdly, putting no confidence in the flesh. In other words, I don't put any confidence in my own abilities to uh, earn God's favor through my own actions or righteousness, but I put all my confidence in Jesus Christ. That's true spirituality according to the Bible. So Brian, thank you for the excellent question and God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, let's go to line one. We've got Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the program.
3: Actually, it's Shannon. S-H-A-N-N. Oh, I'm sorry. Boy. I
0: read it wrong. Shannon, how are you doing?
3: Oh, I'm kind of having a rough one. Uh, I've got a question about uh, what what Jesus was meaning when he said, if you lust about over someone, then you've committed adultery. I, uh, like three years ago, looked at Internet porn. It wasn't a habit or anything. It was like a weakness of the flesh type moment and my wife actually caught me, and now she's held it over my head for three years, and now she's using it as a reason to, to leave and divorce me. And I'm just wondering if—I was I mean, because there's two different sections in there where they talk about adultery, and one, they're obviously talking about physically being with somebody else. And then Jesus went into that explanation, but then also in that same chapter, he said, you know, if you've got anger in your heart, then you've committed murder— and I'm trying to tell her, well, you know, people get angry and we're not going to the, you know, to the electric chair or anything like that. And I'm just trying to get trying to get some clarification because, you know, she's right. She's right. And I can't do anything about that. So I'm just trying to figure out what the reality of it is.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I've had lots of people ask me that before. Um, do I think that looking at uh, pornography is grounds for divorce? I mean, I do think that maybe there are some cases in which that's the case, you know, especially when you're talking about some kind of addiction. Actually, I'm, you know, and I would never encourage anyone to get divorced. So I'm certainly not looking for um, excuses for people to get divorced. But let me just say, I, I think that you're on the right track there, Shannon, when it comes to um, the difference between what he's talking about is he's talking to people who were, who tend to be self righteous, right? They were always trying to be caught in, um, uh, Or they're always trying to be able to say, you know, we are right with God because we keep all the rules. And Jesus is trying to show them in the Sermon on the Mount, that's Matthew chapter 5, where you're quoting from. uh, What he's trying to show them is, basically, he's trying to show them that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's how it's put elsewhere in the Bible. And that's what he's trying to show them, that, hey, there is none who is righteous, no, not even one. Like, even if you have kept all of the Ten Commandments outwardly, there's not a single person who hasn't broken them in his heart. Uh-huh. And I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, if we were to follow that same logic, then uh, then I, I should probably be locked up for murder, you know, because I have hated yeah, someone, or I've used the word raka, you know, called someone a fool uh, before, and, uh, and spoken improperly, and so... You know, Shannon, I'm really sorry that this is happening in your marriage and I, I really wanna pray for you that this is um, this is a situation that can be turned around. I know it's not beyond God and his power. It sounds like you no. want to stay together.
3: Oh yeah, it's it's completely destroyed everything. I'm actually the guy whose daughter ran away a couple of or her stepdaughter ran away a few weeks ago and we were all praying for her and that's that's the point that this is all all of her leaving has brought all of us on to the entire family and there's just you know she, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm really just broken. My daughter's broken. We're just like we're a mess, really. And yeah, you know,
0: it's it's and Shannon. Just, I I take it that you you've repented of this. I mean, I yeah, I think that's yeah, what I'm um, up. for
3: sure. I mean, honestly, when I when I hit that, you know, got on the internet, God told me not to do it. He flat out told me not to do it, and I did it anyway, and. You know, I got busted red-handed, essentially. I, I, it was on my phone, and I left my phone laying there, and she came home, and it was on my phone still. And, you know, it just, it's its never been the same since then. Our relationship has never been the same since then.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to just also communicate, you know, over the air to, to women who have experienced that that, that is a very... Hurtful thing, a very damaging thing. For, oh, I know. Um, I and, never. And we never don't want to downplay life that.
3: that way. I love her dearly. I've never intended to have my marriage turn out the way that it has turned out. It's just turned into a giant fiasco over the last few months. And I just wish that there was some way to, repay, to repair it. I keep praying that God will, you know, have some mercy on us and bring forgiveness into her heart. You oh, there's like i said her daughter is to the point where she doesn't know what she's doing and just you know she wants to stay with me she left her daughter too when she left mm-hmm. you well know, it's kind of a i'm trying to figure out how to handle that she's she's 15 years old and kind of in a whirlwind doesn't know what to do doesn't know what to think ran away from home it ruined like the last part of her school year and we're just really struggling and
0: well, Shannon, I think the best advice I can give you at this point is, I, I think that there's a certain point where you get to the end of yourself and your own abilities, right, and your own yeah. answers. And I think that you've reached that point. And at that point, here's what I, I want to say is that, number one, uh, you need to be just praying and asking God to work in this situation. And number two, Paul talks about this situation in which a person's uh, spouse leaves them or abandons them. Yeah. And, um and you know that that's a reality that a lot of people face. And I just want to encourage you that if you can't make her come back, if you can't change her heart, you keep praying for her. Um, and and then I want to encourage you that you you got to walk with the Lord and be the father and the leader that God has called you to be for your stepdaughter and and just for yourself in walking with the Lord. So well, I think that's, that's I think that's all at, you've got.
3: And her daughter and I are like. Well, we're getting, we're rededicating our lives to the Lord and getting baptized on Sunday at Calvary Brighton.
0: Yeah, so I remember I, you telling you me know, that, yeah.
3: I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, lawyers are outrageously expensive. Everybody I talk to wants three to $5,000 for a retainer to try and figure all this stuff out and get her adopted because her father, her biological father, has abandoned her essentially too, and... Mm.
0: Well, let's pray for that. Nobody wants to
3: pay child support. Nobody wants to help do anything. So I'm just trying to figure out, okay, let's just get this done, get it taken care of so that she's my daughter. She wants to actually take my last name and change her name because it's such uh, a mess. We're coming up on a break right now. So I'm going to have to. It's it's really tough. We don't have the financial means to come up with that kind of money. I'm, okay. I really I got to figure something out so that I can take care of her and you know take her to the doctor and have all the stuff that you
0: know, Shannon hold. I got to let you go we're coming up on our break okay. I'm going to pray for you on the other side of the break but uh okay. thank you for your call we're going to be praying for you you're listening to Calvary Live this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church we'll be right back in two minutes time Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, anything maybe that you're, you're curious about or that's come up in your Bible reading. Um, you can call us and talk about that, or you can text us. The number to call is 303-690-3000, it's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, While well, I've got you here, let me just uh, invite those of you who are in the Longmont area to join us this coming Sunday at Whitefields. It's the church I'm the pastor of. It is located in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, and you can find directions and all kinds of information as well as all our teachings and all that on our website at whitefieldschurch.com that's whitefieldschurch.com right before the break we were talking to Shannon and he uh was telling us about his situation with his wife and his stepdaughter. So I just want to pray for him, and then we'll move on to our other callers. So Heavenly Father, we pray for Shannon. We thank you, Lord, that he has um, turned to you and that he's rededicating his life to you. Lord, I pray for these difficult things he's facing, the financial situation that he's facing, as well as the situation with his daughter. Lord, I pray that um, he would be able to put all of these things into your hands and take one step forward at a time by faith, and Lord that as he does that he would he would truly be able to um be the person, the man and the leader that you've called him to be, uh, both in just walking with you and also for the sake of his stepdaughter. So Lord, would you empower him by your spirit to do that in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's go to Joe on line two. Hey, Joe, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, um, <clears throat> thank you for taking my call. I listen to Hope FM all the time and finally just uh, thought, you know, I want to call in and get a prayer request in, if that's okay.
0: Absolutely. Um, Where are you calling from?
4: Uh, actually, they're calling from New Jersey.
0: <laughs> awesome. So good to have you.
4: Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, so I would like to get a prayer re- request in for our 21-year-old son, Joseph. Mm-hmm. He was in a car accident last uh, Father's Day, and he suffered a traumatic brain injury. Um, he's had a lot of hurdles. He is currently residing at a nursing home because, unfortunately, there's not a lot of intermediate places for uh, adult children um, to go to. But, I mean, it's it, we know that it's a temporary situation for him because we plan to bring him home. Um, there's a lot involved with getting him home. He doesn't communicate with us other than, like, we have to look at body cues. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, my prayer is that Joseph has had hurdle after hurdle. I mean, pneumonia, aspiration pneumonia, um, just getting sick and different surgeries. And he's still, he's still fighting and he's just still such a beautiful young man. Um, the accident, they were T-boned him and his girlfriend on the passenger side and he leaned over and covered her. She only had um, three broken ribs and a concussion, and uh, she was out of the hospital in three days. So uh, we're thankful that, you know, he, God put him in a place to help save her, but unfortunately Joel's brain and his head absorbed most of the impact from the accident. Um, so I guess the prayer request that we're asking is for strength for us to continue to to not doubt, because sometimes it's very difficult, especially when he's going through these hurdles, but also just for Joseph, so that he doesn't have to go through any more of these hurdles, just, you know, so that he can be comforted by the Holy Spirit and by God, and that he can just keep healing and keep progressing.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's pray for your son. You know, I just want to encourage you right before you get to that. I have a cousin uh, here in Colorado. He's in Colorado Springs and he had a rock climbing accident and got a traumatic brain injury, and he had to learn to walk. He had to learn to talk all over again. But I want to encourage you that uh, it's been probably five years since his accident, and he's had a full recovery. And so this is something that God God can do. And, you know,
4: they told us that he would never, um, that he wasn't going to make it. They told us uh, that he was never going to breathe again on his own. Um, Well, in January, uh, Joseph, somehow his trach kept coming out. So... We, we think that he might have been trying to get his arms up there and pull it out. And wow. one day they found him with his trach just sitting on his chest for a few hours. And the doctor said, hey, I don't think you, he's he's doing just fine without this on. And he hasn't had any oxygen issues since. So he's breathing on his own. And they said that he would never do that. And that was within wow. six months of the accident.
0: Praise the Lord. So, and and you know yes. it sounds like your son is a bit of a hero in, in what you described with his girlfriend. So, hey, let's uh, let's pray for him her family, and then
4: her family said that, but we give that to thank. We give that thanks to God for putting yeah. Joseph in that position.
0: Awesome. Well, let's pray for yeah. him and for you. So, Heavenly Father, thank we pray you. for Joseph, and we, we thank you, Lord, for his heart, that he wanted to protect others. Lord, we know that's your heart, Lord, that you're a God who, who saves and cares about others, even uh, putting yourself on the, on the line. For us, and that's what you did for us. That's the message of the gospel. So, Lord, we thank you for uh, Joseph and giving him that heart. Lord, we thank you that he's alive and that he's progressing even faster than the doctors said he would. Thank you for preserving his life. Lord, we ask that truly you would restore him to full health lord we ask that you'd heal his brain heal all those neuropathways. pathways lord restore to him the ability to speak and the ability to walk and all of these things lord we ask that you would do it we ask that you do a miracle in this situation in jesus name amen amen, amen.
4: thank you right. so much
0: absolutely god bless you
4: thank you have a blessed day
0: you too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have one open line. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Victor on line one. Hey, Victor.
1: How you doing, Pastor?
0: Doing great. What's up?
1: And so, uh, kind of in relation to the first caller, um, I had a buddy that You know, he's going through a lot of depression, and I I tried to reach out to him by, you know, expressing my faith and and how it helped me, and uh, he ended up just completely shutting me down. Um, And, you know, he has his own beliefs and was completely against what I was saying. And I'm a a really new Christian, and I didn't have a rebuttal, and it's been bothering me ever since, and I feel just, just really, really bad about it, and I feel like I'm letting God down. Uh, by not my, not trying to defend him, not trying to defend my beliefs. And I just want to know, is that something that's actually happening? Am I letting God down? Am I sinning by not trying to pursue this any further? And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's, I've been a total jerk today because of it. I, I can't get out of my own head. I just feel horrible. Oh. Um,
0: yeah, like, you know, Victor, Here's here's months. what I would encourage you with is that the the Lord's not asking you to know everything that can possibly be known. You know, he's asking you to uh, share the, the faith that he, or the, let's put it this way. He's asking you to share the grace that he's given to you. He's asking you to be a witness, right? And so that's what Jesus called his disciples to be. Maybe you know the text. It's found in the uh, book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus says, my Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and I'm sending you out to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so that word witness is an interesting word, because if you think about what a witness does, a witness is a person who's called to just share what they've seen and what they've heard and what they experienced, if you think about a witness in court. And uh, and so that's the thing I would want to encourage you with. While there is a, a sense in which we are called to learn and be able to give an answer to those who ask. I mean, you said you're a new Christian. I really don't want you to feel condemned over this. But what I would encourage you to tell this friend of yours is that, hey, there are answers. I'm I'm kind of new to this. And there are other people who are, you know, gifted in this way and have this, um, you know, leaning where they, they love to study these things. And I'm, I know there are answers out there, but I don't have them. So I'm going to help you find somebody who can give you an answer. But I guess that's all I wanted to tell you. I don't, I don't believe that the Lord is uh, displeased with you. And I want you to take comfort in that. You know, one of the things that is so good about the gospel is this. It says that we are in Christ. And so when God looks at us, he sees us positionally in Christ. And you know what he said about Jesus? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I want you to know that that is what applies to you too, as somebody who is in Christ. That as you are in Christ, God is looking at you, and he says, You are my beloved child, and I am well pleased. I'm not annoyed with you. I'm not upset with you. I'm not ticked off with you that you didn't know the answer to this question. But uh, you're my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And you know what? We can learn the answers to those questions. We can learn rebuttals. And here's the other thing I want you to know. There's so much in this life that doesn't depend on us. One of, one of the great verses in the Bible is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 where Paul the Apostle says we are God's fellow workers. And the the way that's translated, it literally could be translated co-workers, right? So God has asked us to be his co-workers. Now, I don't know if you have kids or if you have any family members who are little kids, but so I have some small kids. And sometimes I want to do a project around the house or work on my car or something. And so I'll tell my son, hey, why don't you come work on the car with me? Now, having him work on the car with me doesn't necessarily make the job easier, I could probably get it done faster and more efficiently uh, and with less mess if I just did it myself and told him to stay in the house and do something else um, and I think that God could get his work done a lot easier if he just did it himself and he did it maybe through angels but not through us right so having us so why does he want us to be involved? Well, it's because we're his kids. And he loves us. And by having us involved, he's teaching us things. And he's spending time with us. We're, we get to be involved. You think about the disciples, right? Jesus sends the disciples out. And they have some success in evangelism. But they also have some failures. And after both the success and the failures, they return to Jesus. And he says, okay, so how did it go? And they say, well, well we didn't know what to do in this case. And Jesus says, oh, okay, well, that's because in this case, you should have done this. Right. And see, in that instance, he's talking about prayer and fasting. But the point is the same, whatever it might have been. He's saying, well, in this case, he gives them instruction. And so I I would really encourage you to have that view of your role in God's work, that God has invited you into his work, but it doesn't all depend on you, that there's a Holy Spirit who God uh, through whom, you know, and and who is God and and who is the agent by which uh, conviction comes about and and a reminding of Jesus' words and the things that have been spoken. So I want you to just take those thoughts, and I want you to really have some comfort in knowing that the Lord is well-pleased with you. And you know what? There are answers, and it doesn't all depend on you.
1: Yeah, that, that helps out a lot. I mean, I know that for a fact because whenever there's something stirring in me, and I am not kidding, I turn the radio on, and you guys are talking about that exact thing. Um, it's happened almost like clockwork. So, uh, you know, I I just just really want him to feel (laughs) what I feel and what I've experienced, and uh, I guess this was my first just non-successful transition with somebody, because I actually have brought up quite a few people who I thought never in a million years would, would, would believe what I believe to the Church, and they are believers now, so I guess it just hit me a little harder um, being the first time. But, uh, you know, I have three kids of my own, and what you said actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, that, That definitely helped me out, so thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, let me pray for you and your friend before you go. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for Victor. We pray for his friend. And, Lord, we pray for his friend that his friend would have people in his life, whether it's Victor or somebody else, or whether it's the radio or something like that, Lord, through whom you would break through this wall that he's got up. And, Lord, we pray for Victor, too, that he would rest in who he is in you. And, Lord, that as he grows and as he learns more answers, Lord, that you would be able to use him. And that you'd even use him before he knows all those answers, as you already have done. So we give you all the praise and glory for that. Thank you, Lord, that you're a patient Father who uh, who loves us and you're... you're you're raising up kids with us, Lord, and we appreciate that. We're thankful for that. We're thankful that we get the opportunity to be part of your work. What an incredible privilege that is. So we thank you for that, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Victor. Thank you for Thanks for calling God in. Bless you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to George on line three. Hey, George, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, I need prayer for me and my family. I need to be the leader of my
5: family the way I used to be.
2: Mm.
5: Um I'm probably in the same boat as Shannon. My wife my wife won't forgive me for, um, you know, Internet dealings and stuff, so I need prayer
0: mm-hmm.
5: for to get back to the Lord
0: the way the leader I'm supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for George and Lord along with him. We pray for other men out there and women out there who are struggling with... Um, Looking at internet pornography and, and pornography of other kinds, Heavenly Father, we know that we know that these things are, are not pleasing to you. We know that they damage our souls and they damage our relationships. And so Lord, we pray that you would set us free from anything, Lord, that is not um, any ways that we're seeking what can only be found in you if we're seeking them in other things. Lord, when we're turning to sinful things in order to satisfy us for the, um, for the moment in ways that hurt us in the long run. And so, Lord, we pray for George, Lord, I pray that you'd set him free, that by your spirit you'd give him the strength to say no. Lord, we we know that your word says that no temptation has uh, come upon us except that which is common, and that, Lord, in that temptation you give us a way to stand up underneath it. And, Lord, I pray that George would hold on to that promise, and that he would claim that promise, and he would live according to it, and that he would do so by the power that you give him by your spirit. So, Lord, I pray for other, other, um, other people struggling with this as well. Lord, I know that this is just so uh, prevalent in our age, um, but we also see it so damaging. So, Lord, I pray that you would bring healing, that you would bring uh, healing in the relationship where, where damage has been done. And Lord, that you would do a restorative work. Lord, I pray for George as he repents, as he apologizes, as he turns to you, that his wife would see true and lasting fruit in his life And Lord, that you would work in in her heart as well. We pray for his family, that you would bless them, that they would be strengthened in you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. George, I appreciate your heart, and I appreciate you calling in. That's a noble thing to want to say, you know what, I'm turning from sin, and I'm turning to Jesus. and. That's an example for all of us to follow. So, God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number is 303-690-3000. Let's go to Marlene on line two. Hi, Marlene.
4: Hello,
2: Pastor.
0: What's going on?
2: Uh, Yes, I want to request prayer for my daughter that's almost 40 years old. Um, She was raised in church um her father and I, as an infant, took her to church She was four days old and dedicated her to the lord and she was brought up in church and um she's got a gotten a job about seven years ago where she works and she works with a lot of different types of people and has seen a lot of terrible bad things with children and so forth and mm. she doesn't- believe, even though now she just questions if there is a God and she thinks people are born gay and um things of that nature and I just want you to pray that God would restore her belief back Mm to her to its original state because I know deep down inside she can't believe
0: this Mm -hmm. yeah let's pray Heavenly Father we we thank you for Marlene and her love for her daughter and we thank you that her daughter was raised in a way where she had the seeds of the gospel the seeds of your word planted in her heart and Lord we do hold on to that promise that your word Never comes back void, but it accomplishes that for which it was sent out to accomplish. We pray for Marlene's daughter. We ask, Lord, that she would come back to you. We pray that she would repent like the the prodigal son, come back to his father. And, Lord, in the areas where maybe she has seen terrible things and she wonders... How could God allow such things? Lord, I pray that you would use even her own reason and logic to lead her back to faith in you and trust in you. And so, Lord, I pray that um, for other people who are listening who are struggling with similar things, experiences they've had that that have caused them to doubt you or doubt whether your word is true, Lord, I pray that you would rebuild their trust and their faith in you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Marlene, Thank before so I let much. you go, I was uh, wanted to share with you something that I was reading this week, and that is uh, about C.S. Lewis. You know, C.S. Lewis was raised in church. He was raised in an Anglican church in England. And then he went, and uh, when he was in, um, secondary school and into college he became an atheist and he said that the reason he became an atheist was because he looked at the world and he saw so much evil and suffering in the world and he thought well no there's no way that a good God could allow evil and suffering of this kind to go on and that was his big argument against uh, against Christianity and why he became an atheist but he had this mantra that he used to tell himself which was always follow your arguments meaning if you're going to argue a point always you know be consistent and so he came to the point where actually he realized that by being consistent with his arguments he came to the point where he started asking the question well wait a second why do i even feel this sense of justice. Why do I feel that there is such a thing as right and wrong? That certain things are wrong and not okay? Why do I feel that, you know, catastrophes are bad and the deaths of certain people in the way, these particular ways or these events, the things that people do to each other. Why do I feel that these things are inherently wrong? And that led him to the conclusion that if there's a moral law, that there must be a moral law giver. And so I just want to encourage you, maybe have some of those conversations with your daughter. That is called, by the way, the Moral Argument for God. You can find more about that if you just Google that, Moral Argument for God. And um, I would just encourage you to explore some of those topics and maybe uh, relate to your daughter on those issues. I I just did a series, I, I mentioned it several times, but I just did a series on apologetics and one of our topics was this topic of suffering and evil and what I found in my research and in talking to people I know, is that uh, there's a phrase that's sometimes said, and I think it's absolutely right, that most people who reject Christianity, they don't reject it for philosophical reasons or um, intellectual reasons. The reason they reject it is for personal reasons. And, uh, you know, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to this person I love? Or maybe this person I love is like this, and the Bible says this about that. And so I just want to encourage you to relate to your daughter on those issues. And um, and it sounds like you already understand some of the stuff that's going on with her. So,
2: Thank you so much, Pastor.
0: All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.
2: God bless you.
0: Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Hattie from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Brandon online line two. Hey, Brandon. Welcome to the program.
5: Hey, Pastor. How are you today? Doing,
0: doing great. What's up?
5: Good. So, um, I have a question. I've been kind of doing a study. Um, I sat down and talked with a pastor friend of mine a few days ago, and we got on the topic of First uh, Corinthians fourteen, um, how it talks about um, you know speaking in tongues, and okay. just trying to wrap my head around this whole thing. And it's probably going to take more than just our conversation in a couple of minutes, but sure. Um, but basically, so it goes into detail about. Uh, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God and you know it's used to edify or or strengthen your faith and all that stuff but then it goes into detail about um, speaking in tongues and if there's nobody to um, I guess um, if there's nobody there to translate what it's saying
0: yeah, interpret it
5: yeah exactly Um, and then it goes you know and then it says uh, In verse 6, if I come to you speak in tongues what good will it will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word or or, of instruction. Um, So basically I'm trying to get a a sound biblical direction on the whole speaking in tongues thing, because the last, off and on, probably the last year, it's been on my mind and on my heart um, about The whole baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues, and whether that's something that um, is truly going to benefit me and edify my faith, like it says in the Bible, which, you know, if it says it right there, it's in black and white. I can agree with it, but uh, just trying to get that some direction. And I just, like I said, I know I probably won't get every answer that I need to, you know, to make the sound judgments, whether that's Sure. You know, for me specifically, but well,
0: let me uh, let me start off with. OK, so let's just talk about this uh, broad topic. What is the gift of tongues and how does it work? So the gift of tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's used, as you mentioned, it's it, a person who speaks in tongues, says in First Corinthians 14, doesn't speak to other people but speaks to God. So that that's very important. It means that when when somebody speaks in tongues, right? If somebody's actually operating in this gift of the Holy Spirit, that they're not uh, doing it like to give a sermon or to give a message or to relay a message from God to another person, rather this person is speaking to God. We also call that prayer, right? So this is like a prayer language for fellowship and communion with God. Here's another thing that's really important. He says People, The one who prophesies speaks for upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation, but again, the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. So this is the one and only gift, by the way, that is used for self-edification. All the other gifts of the Spirit are for the edification of other people. The so gift of tongues is for self-edification. In other words, it's a way to communicate with God. Uh, another way of uh, looking at this, another verse that speaks about this, is like Romans chapter 8, verse 26, which says that uh, when we don't know the words with which to pray, that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalfs with groanings that are incomprehensible. So what that's describing is kind of the sense of like, man, there's so much that I want to say to the Lord. I want to express to Him him my love my thankfulness my gratitude and yet i just struggle to find the words right like maybe i'm bad at words or maybe human language has its limitations i think both of those are true and so um and so this is a way where we can actually rise above the limitations of human speech and our own intellectual you know formation of words and sentences and just praise god it's almost like you know if i could just be not limited by my own speech and by my own, you know, linguistic ability, then, um, you know, then I I would be free to praise God in a, in a whole different way, and that's I believe that's what it's describing or communicate to God. It's not only praising God; it would seem from Acts or sorry Romans eight twenty six, but also you know crying out to God in my distress. Um, so in Acts Acts chapter two we see that the when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples of Pentecost. The the hundred and twenty who were gathered in the upper room, um, it says that they spoke in various tongues, and that those tongues were understood by people. But what's really important about that is that if you'll read the text, it says those people heard them speaking the the mighty things or the uh, glorious things of God. In other words, those it wasn't that they were preaching to them in their various languages, but that they were praising God, and the people understood it in their own languages. So I think that's just an important thing to say. Some people say, oh, well, maybe it was given for a certain time in order for them to communicate the gospel to these people from different countries who spoke different languages. And that's just not the not the case. Uh, that would have been done through various trade languages, which they did use and they utilized to preach the gospel. But it wasn't through the gift of speaking in tongues um, Again, speaking in tongues, although they might have understood it in their own languages, the, the number one purpose wasn't to communicate the gospel. It was directed, again, not to man, but to God, as we read there in 1 Corinthians 14. And as regards uh, how it should be practiced in the assembly, which is what he's talking about there, he says, I don't permit that it should be done, you know, maybe two or three, but always with interpretation. And if there's no interpretation, then it shouldn't be done. And he said, I'd much rather have uh, words of prophecy, meaning words of encouragement, comfort, exhortation from the Lord, as opposed to a whole bunch of people speaking in tongues. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I'll just say one last thing, and then I actually have to let you go because we are at the end of our show. Uh, the last thing I'll tell you is that So personally I'm, a, I'm what's called a continuationist. I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today as opposed to a cessationist. That's because I just don't see anything else in the Bible. I've got to let you go. We, you've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. Turning into Calvary Live every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. God bless you.